this again. Hey. Hi. Hey, Dan. This is while I talk. I'm, I'm, I'm Will. I'm Dan. Are you sad? No, no. I was going to mess with you, but you were very hard to mess to with right there. I'm on to you. I was nowadays. really going to try hard. Hey, should we just do one? Uh, we haven't done this in a while. A recap on what we do here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Is the walleye talk? Yeah. Um, a little history lesson, too, maybe? This started right here. Started on the porch. This is our third season. Yeah. Two fishing guides in northern Minnesota. We just get together once a week and try and tell everybody what's going on in this area as far as wildlife fishing goes, this community. Yep. Um, and combine, we always have, we build in a fishing report, of course, into each episode. Talk about some current events if there's stuff going around. Um, and just try to keep it fun. Right. Try to keep it informative. Try not to take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. And we're not, we're by no means experts at anything nope. except for having a good time. <laughs> we're very good at that. Try to, you know, throw in a little entertainment, a lot of dumb stuff. Lots of dumb stuff over the, the years. But that's part of our charm. Right. I don't think there's a dumber fishing podcast out there, is there? Mm, probably not. Purposefully dumb or... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, I think we take the cake on that one. Fourth <laughs> um, of July is coming up here. Yeah, we're, it's currently the first of July. Yeah, where the heck has the first month I and know. a half of season went? Right. We, you know, you say that, but it's it just flies. Yep. Yeah, I feel like, and then the same thing happens on the other side of the fourth, where you're just like tipping quickly towards the end of the season all of a sudden you know next thing you know it'll be middle of october and we're like what is going on yep yeah and then i'll pretend to be all excited about ice fishing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well we even said like last year like well you said it i i I just kind of do it like i'd much rather sit in the deer stand that last the the last three weeks than start ice fishing early you're the one who put that in my head like don't even go ice fishing until you can't be in a deer stand anymore it's i don't know i'm not saying it's more enjoyable but i mean sometimes it is oh yeah you get to there's something about that peace and quiet yeah so um so this week we're doing a weekend review of course and no real listener question oh one listener question well we'll do that towards the end okay um oh yeah this one you mean uh we've got we're going to talk a little bit about spinners yeah that's what you were talking about yeah um a little bit about Fourth of July etiquette. Yeah, I can't read it. It's t shirt t shirts. Oh. T shirts are on the way. Um we got a boat question that we I meant to do last week but forgot about it, sorry. Um we got a couple shout outs. Um the Saw Guy series. Yeah, your, your turn for the Saw Guy series. And then that's gonna be the end of the episode. Right. Oh we'll do a preview and then we'll be out. Right. I should write that down. We can do that with uh, 4th of July etiquette, too. Okay, good idea. We'll take a break here from Porta Dock. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Porta-Dock.com. Porta-Dock.com. Find your local Porta Dock dealer today. Porta-Dock.com. So, Daniel... Mm-hmm. How was your week? Uh, okay. Um, oh, that's great. Accurately predicted. Super. 
You know what? You should. Are you going to talk about how smart you are? You should just care a little bit about yeah. what I have. Should to say. I? You won't even look me in the eye right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we both accurately predicted the. We talked a lot about mayflies last last week, and uh, how there's a little bit of a lag between when they show up and when they impact fishing. And this week, I felt like they were impacting fishing. The other, the hard part about it is there's no one simple answer to why it's slowing down, right? People ask, like, why? So they're all eating mayflies, and that's part part of it. Water's also now 75 degrees. There's also bait fish everywhere. If you, more often than not, if you glance over the side, um, it doesn't matter which lake, if you glance at the surface of the water and just are paying attention, you'll see schools of bait fish just all over all over the place. Yes. Young of the year, everything. Yep. So you got lots of food. The mayflies are out. Walleyes are uncomfortably warm, I would say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it it changes things for sure. Well, the one nice thing about this time of year is that thermocline's starting to starting to develop too. So you kind of have a base of okay, they're above this. Yeah, I yeah I feel like we should probably have a better understanding of what like what are the water temps right now? Uh, Fifteen feet down, twenty feet down, twenty five feet down. Way too hot. I, yeah, but I have no idea what they are. I don't either. Surface temps are seventy five on the first of July. What is what is the water temp at fifteen feet? No idea. I'd be just ballparking it, and we could figure it out. There's tools to figure it out, mm-hmm. but maybe I'll email my fisheries guys see what they have to say. Yeah, yeah, that'd be an interesting fact. Yeah, in O2 levels, it would be. Yeah, it's all sorts of stuff to learn. Oxygen levels right now should be pretty good, though. I would, I would think so, but. I don't know. I don't either. Uh, the week was pretty good. I was on for for the last week in June. In comparison to years past, I would say it was pretty good with a couple real slow ones, a couple trips where it was just a couple fish. Um, on leech, uh, still picking on fish that are relatively shallow, that just aren't cooperating that well, and are either real mobile or I'm always catching the tail end of their time in the shallow water. They just start moving around on yeah. me, you know. So you get all excited when you drive the spot first thing in the morning, and an hour later it looks a lot different. Whether or not they are, they don't like you being around them, or they vacate. They, they, they vacate for whatever reason. Uh, the spots seem to change real quick. Little lakes, I've had some good evenings, especially on the little lakes. Um, Besides one little period of time on one of our smaller lakes, I do feel like you're really having to earn every bite. You know? Oh, yeah. And Even yeah. if you're on a school of fish, to get them to eat, is yep. it's difficult. Yep. And most of my fish are coming on jig wraps and slip bobbers. Spent a few days without even getting a Lindy rig in the water. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my... My week in review. How about you? Had a pretty good week. Um, so one day in particular, uh, I took these folks. They had a place on Wabado, and they wanted to try something different. So we went to a different lake. Um, and, you know, it was a pretty good start to the, you know, we had like six fish in the boat or something. Or maybe it was five, but we were catching either big fish or little fish. And the guy got bit on a on a night crawler. So he was dropping line and he was kind of feeding. It was just kind of trickling out. It looked like it might have been a little, a, a small fish. Mm-hmm. Well, then all of a sudden the sucker just took off while he was feeding line. It was going, 
you know, it went from, you know, you feed it out, you know, an arm's length, and it would take it out in a couple of seconds to go on as fast as it could. Sure. And after, like, five seconds, we're like, you got to stop this, you know? So they closed the bale. <laughs> thing is, like, really, it's a huge fish. I was like, dude, this is a 10-pound. <laughs> I was convinced, like, this is a 32-inch walleye. Okay, so things, like, digging down, and he's wicked tuna, this thing. And I'm sitting there with the net. And I can see it come up from the bottom. Well, here it's like this 12, 13-inch walleye, T-boned by a muskie. <laughs> it is sideways in its mouth, and it's not letting go. And it's, what's wild is when we first saw this thing, it was puking up all sorts of bait fish. The muskie was? Yes. But it would not let go of this walleye. <laughs> like, there's minnow parts all over the place, but he will not let go of this walleye. So it comes up to the surface. A little out of net range, mm -hmm. comes around the bow of the boat, and then it dives down deep. Then make a nice big run, and he'd get it back up. And it came up to the surface, it came around the bow of the boat, and it dove back down. Did the did the exact same pattern. Sure. So I'm like, this thing's gonna let go eventually. Yeah. Like it's not gonna hang on to this forever. No. I'm shocked it's held on this long because it's been right up against the boat, you right. know. So I extended the net like as far as I could. I got down real low and I stuck that net down where that fish had been, like where it would dive down deep because mm -hmm. I was like, that's my opportunity. Sure. And it came up to the surface. It came around the bow of the boat and that sucker swam right into my net. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And we got both fish, a, like a 13-inch walleye and a 43-inch muskie. <laughs> the walleye swam off fine. We really? got some awesome pictures of this muskie. And it swam off fine. And I told him, like, right after, I was like, Tim, this is the easiest muskie you're ever going to catch. <laughs> uh, when he was in the net, did he spit the walleye? Yeah. 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 He didn't like that. <laughs> he didn't like that at all. So it That's was. Awesome. Yeah. I, so I've never successfully landed a, right. a fish that had bit another right. fish. Yeah. But he did. <laughs> and it was a nice fish at that, you know. Yeah. A healthy muskie. Well, it used to be a healthy walleye. <laughs> he still swam away fine. But it was it was really cool. It was something special. Yeah, that's a great fish story. And then you ended with a pretty good walleye bite at the end of the night, too, right? <laughs> yeah, caught a bunch right at the end and caught some nice keepers, you know, 17-inch keepers. Sure. How do you beat that? That's pretty great. And, in fact, I actually, so I side-imaged that fish 30 seconds before. Really? Before it bit the walleye. Because we were going over walleyes and, I, like, there's a like a big fish, either a big pike or a muskie, mm -hmm. and didn't think it was gonna do that. Yeah, <laughs> they, I don't think they eat so too many walleyes. What do you think happened? I think that fish was in a school because mm -hmm. I was over hundreds of walleyes that day. Yeah, I think that fish was in a great big school, and that muskie was hanging all down the edge of them. Mm -hmm. Well, that that walleye bit that crawler and took off a little Tried bit to get away from his buddies, and boom. That was its chance. It ate that crawler, got away from the school. T-boned. Just to get T-boned. Hmm. But we saved him. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for the muskie, though. Yeah. Like, he just wanted to eat. Well, it looked like he had been eating pretty good, though. Yeah, but, I mean, he just tried hard to eat something right there. <laughs> you know, put himself in a good position to be successful. Right. And then I ruined it for him. <laughs> I ruined it. Uh 
So most of your fish are coming on crawlers? Crawlers and a few on leeches, a few on jig wraps. I mean, so like when I, like that's, that day in particular, I had to go through everything in my power. So we'd pull these with night crawlers. Seemed like you'd get one. And then we'd try to pull it again and we wouldn't get bit. So I'd put spinners on and we'd pull through there and we'd get one. And then we'd come back and we wouldn't get bit. And then I'd, I tried jigging wraps after that, we'd get one, and then we'd go back to pulling rigs, and yeah. then we'd take a bathroom break and come back. And <laughs> I think that's what I mean, too, about, like, earning every bite. Like, I don't think you're going to land on... Um, it'll be more about timing than presentation. And when you know? it came down to it, like, 8 o'clock hit, and we just caught them. Right. Didn't matter what... Jigging a crawler worked fine. Sure. Rigging a crawler worked fine. Rigging sure. a leech worked fine. Timing, you get... It seems like these bite... If you're not in the bite window, you've got to really try hard and switch it out. And, yeah. And then once it gets down to that, half, you know, 8 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock, they just bite. Right. At least right now. Yeah. And so, like, during the daytime hours, you know, I do think it's important to reel through your, you know, thinking about a realistically good day, you know, during daytime hours would be five fish maybe. Oh, yeah. Small licks. So you are, you have to, you have to work hard to add them up not think that you're gonna like okay i'm gonna switch to this number seven glow yellow perch jig wrap and we'll get five out of this school you're hoping to get one out of the school right and then go find another school and to figure get another out a way to get on. one and uh yeah but it, i mean fishing's been good yeah like i, I i'm very happy with the the way things are going right now yep this is the first time i've really felt like well, I guess that's not true, but I'm putting, I'm giving a lot of credit to our lakes right now mm-hmm. for, for the, the trips where you have to work hard to get them, to get a, a, a decent number of them, but we're, we're over a lot of them and there's a lot of nice fish around all of our lakes right now are, I just feel good about the, the, the health of our lakes. Have you even went, had to do a weed line trip yet? I mean, where just you fall couple, back on? No. Never, like, really a compromise. Like, this sucks, let's go fish in the weeds. Yeah. I guess I've done it a little bit on some full days, but that's mostly just to mix things up a little right. bit, too, you know? But that's kind of your, that's always the plan C, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, walleye, true walleye fishing sucks. Like, the walleye or die quotes, right. you know? This sucks. Let's mm-hmm. go in the weeds and go catch fish. Yeah. Haven't, haven't I haven't had that. to do that either. Right. Which is cool. Yeah. I like that. Yep. I mean... I, I mean, I like the weeds, too. They're super fun. But it kind of makes me feel like we're a little more accomplished when we're just staying out and, okay, these are walleyes. Yeah. We're fishing over a whole school of walleyes. Yeah, I agree. And the nice thing about this time of year, too, is you're starting to get a few mixed, like we caught some big smallmouth yeah, out there. Yep. We caught some big pike. Right. And that's been fun. For sure. I had the customer catch a 21-and-a-half-inch smallmouth uh, just a couple nights ago. Whoa. Yeah. And they're, when they get that big, their dimensions, they, they like, are visually surprising to see when the dimensions are. It was 21 and a half inches. Yeah. That's a stinking giant. Yeah. Yep. Ate a uh, slip bobber and a leech. Pretty sweet, like, <laughs> mess up, you know, bonus fish. When we were trying to catch walleyes. Just fat. They get so tall. That's yes. the, what throws me off. They look like a little grouper or something <laughs> when you first see them. <laughs> oh, man, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's the week in review, which we'll 
very, once again, I think next week will be a lot different than this week. Yeah. My prediction is slower fishing, busy lakes, all that sort of the stuff. The weed growth is kind of slow, too, this year, which is, like last year we had very good weed growth, I mm -hmm. thought, for this time of year. I wonder if that has to do with something with the low water. Mm, I don't know. I don't either. But that'll change again, too. Right. Warm water is going to make those things pop. And um, so our next segment is going to be on pulling spinners. Yeah. Maybe let's just do a quick, to address Lee's question directly, yeah. and then we'll take a break and then do the spinner segment. Sounds great. So Lee asked if we would do a, a more in-depth description of a crawler harness or what we mean by pulling spinners. And so the generic description would be anything where you're pulling a blade, an inline blade, so not to be confused with spinner baits that like bass fishermen fish, but an inline spinner with a blade and some beads. And then typically uh, if you're fishing a leech, you're fishing it on a single hook. If you're fishing a crawler, you're either fishing it on a slow death hook, a harness where there's a set of two hooks. Or three. Or three. Or three, yep. So a crawler harness would be... When there's multiple hooks, I think that would be the best way to describe it. So we're going to do a whole segment on the different ways you can pull spinners. Um, but let's hear from one of our sponsors first. Hey there, it's Lacey. This episode of Walleye Talk is sponsored by Full Stringer Bait and Tackle. Did you know that aside from carrying a wide variety of bait and tackle, we also have gifts and clothing? We carry drinkware customized with many of the area lakes on them. We can also personalize any of our drinkware. We have wine glasses, tumblers, and much more. Stop on in and check us out. We hope you have a safe and happy fourth, and as always, good luck out on the water. So what do you mean when you say you are pulling spinners? Why are you coming at me with that attitude? I want you to finally give me a direct answer. You're always just... You're always just sliding around this one. I don't even think you know what they are. Shut you up. Yes, I do. They are, do you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do, Dan. They're. You, you just you wanna, spin you your rod give tip me, in the water. You want to give me a hint? Rig, don't you? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I heard of these things called butterfly blades, and I've been catching butterflies for weeks, <laughs> and I don't know how to get them on there. They just get wet and they just fall apart. <laughs> Does Ranger Nets make a butterfly net? Yes, they're blue, and they work very well. Uh, I don't, I have, I don't tie my own spinners anymore. I did that for a little bit, but I, I don't either. Yeah, JB makes a great spinner, spinner. They have great selection of spinners, yeah. all varieties, and they're not very expensive. Right, and Couple for bucks. the the amount that I pull, I mean, I'm by no means a professional spinner puller. Mm -hmm. But I guess here's my here's what I my setup. So I've got I ended up buying trolling rods this year, which they are eight foot six trolling rods. They're telescopic for the last eye, so they're easier to store. I think they stow, stow down to like seven and a half feet, okay. which is nice. And I put uh, I put big trolling reels on there. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to also pull crankbaits with them. Yeah, uh, and I didn't want to have to buy Another eight rods. Set. Yeah. yeah. So I figured this would this would be a way for it to work, um, and then I do from there. I've got thirty pound braid. I think I put on there. It might be might even be bigger because it's there's such a shortage online right now. Mm. <laughs> so for backing on those, I wanted to buy a big spool, and you know because there's a big line shortage, 
I bought this giant spool of four-pound mono, <laughs> nine hundred yards to fill up your your for my your to make it reels. Yeah, because <laughs> if you just put straight braid on there, you go from uh, a low gear ratio to a tiny gear ratio. Right, yeah, it's like well, I've got to bulk it up somehow. So I put I spool it up this four-pound, and my arms are so freaking <laughs> tired because um, I it took me like. 10 minutes to or 10 or 15 minutes just to spool up one reel because <laughs> it took so long to wind it in <laughs> anyway if you have the opportunity to put bigger backing on do it sure <laughs> um anyway uh oh yeah so i put a little bit heavier braid on there um and then you tie that i just use a bottom bouncer when i'm using that system i tie it directly to the bottom bouncer um ounce ounce and a half maybe even three quarters of an ounce depending on the depth you're going to be in sure um and i like to i like the three hook harnesses for crawlers um i still pull leeches a little bit but uh <laughs> what i ended up doing is i have like i bought some two hook harnesses that i don't use very much mm -hmm. i just cut one of the hooks off <laughs> and, yeah <laughs> um and then what was i gonna go from there so three hook harnesses for for the night crawlers, generally. If I'm gonna use a half a night crawler, use two hook harness, one hook harness for the leech. Uh, I don't vary the blades very much. It's whatever's on there's on there. Um, yeah, and then I pull them at like 1.2-ish. Sure. And it, the speed's always gonna vary, you know, when you're fishing. I pull it with my, I've been pulling it with my Vantage too, so. Sure. Sometimes you end up at 1.4, sometimes you end up at point nine yeah and i don't think that's a bad thing no as long as that the, the bottom monster stands straight up i think that's gonna be fine there's more there's more ways to pull spinners than that but that's been the way i've been doing it the last two weeks sure how about you dan um my gear is a little bit different i've just got some casting rods some medium seven foot medium casting rods that i've got just a normal bait caster i don't have a line counter um and that came as a suggestion from Jason Freed, who had observed that if you're having folks hold the rod, especially smaller people, people with smaller hands, that it's really fatiguing to have your hand over a, a big line counter. Um, so I went with just the um, Fluger Supreme Baycaster. And then I've, I also have, I always have one or two, um, I usually use my J-Grab rods, like a medium spinning rod. Um, that you can use to pull bouncers too. Um, for people who are really uncomfortable pulling with the bait caster, then and then uh, I either use a bottom bouncer. I usually tie a, a crankbait snap to the end, and then you can clip your bouncer to that. And then part of the reason I do that is then when you store your rods, you can take your bouncer off, hook your leader to that crankbait snap, and then everything's in one line because the bouncers are super tangle, uh, uh -huh. they tangly. So. When you're stowing them, if you pull them off, you'll deal with that less. And uh, like our rock runner weights that we use for our Lindy rigs, they go up to an ounce, maybe even an ounce and a half. I can't yep. remember. Yep. So you can pull, pull them on with those pencil weights as well. I have found that, um, you know, when you introduce spinning to any of your stuff, your tangles are going to get real complicated sometimes. And those pencil weights are maybe a little bit more tangle, tangly. Because the rock runner, or not the rock runner, the bottom bouncer keeps that spinner a long ways away from the weight, and it also keeps it up a little keeps bit. Keeps it away from your line as well. Yeah, yep. Um, 
So a couple different ways. And then you can also pull them with just a bullet weight. Like if right, you're in the weeds. In the weeds or if you're fishing real shallow, just put a put a appropriately sized bullet weight on and put it on. I would for sure use a, ca a spinning reel for that then. For sure. And then just cast it to get it away from the boat. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, the bite, sometimes it's it resembles a crankbait bite where they really smash it. Sometimes, though, it's very similar to a Lindy Rig bite where you'll feel like a little tick and that fish will be swimming with you or moving with you. Um, I'm s sometimes surprised how much time you have to give them before, or how much time I feel like I have to give them before I'm comfortable setting the hook on them. Um, yeah, but it's a, a useful tool for sure. Lately, I've been having better luck just leaving them in the rod holders to get them hooked up. Sure. And then getting them out, you know, you crank on them pretty hard to get them, to get it out of the rod holder, and then you got to kind of stay on them pretty quickly. But um, I don't think that's applicable when you're using like spinning gear. Sure. Yeah. I think you've got to kind of hang on to them. Right. But. Um, and then I use a lot of JB lure spinners as well. I only use the two hook harness. I don't have. I don't have a three hook harness. Um, and I vary the colors a little bit. I like their orange and black quite a bit. I like something bright. I like uh, Northland has um, all their forage bait blades. What are those? Bait, they're called the bait fish runner yeah. or something like yeah. that. I've got a, there's a couple blue ones made by Northland that I like. And then Max makes, M-A-C apostrophe S. They make some smile, smile blades that I've, I've been pulling at least one of those every day. And it's a smile blade with a slow death hook. The Explain problem, what the smile blade is. It's supposed to. It's a blade that is shaped a little bit like a smile, um, and then it's supposed to spin at real slow speeds, uh, down to like 0.6, I think, or something. Um, so, and then uh, the slow death hook just but, gets. A but little, they're not made out of metal. They're right? not made out of metal, right? They're a, a soft. Well, I don't know. It's probably a. It's like corrugated plastic. Right, and then uh, the slow death hook makes the whole crawler spin. The downside to those is if like a perch touches it, it it's not doing what it's supposed to do because that crawler has to be on that hook pretty specifically. Mm -hmm. And if you get a perch that tugs it down the hook just a little ways, it's you might still get bit, but if it's not working the way it's supposed to be working with that crawler tumbling, uh, which can be a real pain in the butt. That's that's the spinner stuff I know. I don't think either one of us would say we're great at it. We're getting getting better at it. Try it far more often than we used to. That's my biggest thing is I'm like diving into it to try and get myself better at it because yeah. it is a it's a tool. It's like anything else if you yeah. if you don't have it in your toolbox. Right. For me, it's like finding the right school is important to on the right structure. Yeah. Because ideally, like when they when they really shine is when you've got scattered fish using similar depths over a long stretch, mm -hmm. right? Um, where those fish would be pretty difficult to get at with any of your more, any of the stuff we typically use, Lindy Rig and Jig Wrap and uh, Slip Bobbers, because you're only seeing a mark or two yep. together. So you're going to waste a lot of time fishing over a few that they might just not be in the mood to bite. Um, the and other other thing you can do is if you can group together a couple pods, right? So right. if you've got three good pods of fish, and you can hit all three of them in one pass. Yeah, you're fishing dead water in between them, but... But who knows how dead it really is. Right. Because those fish will follow that, too, a long ways. Yeah. 
I've, so what I've been doing the last couple of weeks too is I've been using spinners when I, when I can't get these fish to bite anything else. Even if it is inconvenient, I'm going to pull through them anyway, even if it's a short run. Yeah. Because yeah. it's worth it to get you a couple fish. Mm -hmm. You know, it's worth my effort to do it. Right. Because it is a pain in the butt to set all three rods up or all four rods up. So yeah. uh, if I'm going to go through that effort to try and catch a couple fish, uh, you better believe it's worth it, you know? Right. Um. And yeah, if, like even if they are clusters of fish, right, like ones you would like to slip bobber or lindy rig or jig wrap, if that doesn't work and it does take you f f 10 minutes or 12 minutes to get the perfect run to get all three baits going through that pot of fish, well, if you get one of them to go, that's, that's time well spent, you know. Right. Um, I, it's frustrating for me to when I feel like I'm commuting, you know, when you're, you're pulling, pulling the spinners, feeling pretty pretty sure there's not a fish under the boat for like the next few minutes but you have to do the next few minutes in order to set yourself up to to hit the pot of fish correctly that can be a little frustrating for the guy looking at the graph um, but yeah yeah Anything? all in all it's a, it's time well spent it's been a good investment so far i think so yeah. it's got quite a few fish yeah it seems like that's been catching our bigger fish too oh really yeah except on winnie <laughs> caught a bunch of babies but on the little lakes it's been catching our bigger fish sure um break time done with spinners done with spinners this episode of wally talk is brought to you by the one stop in longville uh the one stop just received a shipment of ranger nets and ranger's got some got it, ranger has nets for every occasion so if you're a crappie fisherman They've got a like a 16-foot extendable crappie net. thing is super long. Uh, it's got a giant musky net big enough to handle any size child. Uh, it's got awesome walleye nets, fully rubber-coated, uh, regular net with mesh coating on it. Uh, it's got butterfly, they've got butterfly nets. They've got kids' nets, nets for everything, bait wall nets, bait shop nets. Your Ranger Nets has it all. So get yourself some Ranger Nets now. How patriotic do you feel right now? Um, pretty patriotic. Nice. Your shirt's red, white, and blue. Hmm. It's a Portadoc shirt, too. Handsome. M Minnesota made. My wife doesn't like the color red. Like, she gives me... Does she start to, like, steam up? She <laughs> <laughs> wants to charge Coming you? out of her ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the big the big holiday weekend, um, and Lake Country is a pretty popular place to be for the 4th of July. Um, if you're planning on fishing... We're going to just say the same thing we did last yeah. year. Get up, get up early. Yeah. That's get the, up early. That's your best bet. Yep. If, you're, if you're serious about getting fish in the boat, mm -hmm. um, get up early. Yeah. You got to beat the recreational traffic, and you've got to beat the other competitors that you're that you're going to fish against. Right. I would the the, the spots are going to be busy too. So my approach to to busy spots is uh, there like there's spots in my mind that are community spots that I will pull in and fish if there's a boat or two there. There are also spots that I have that I think are off the beaten path, and if I happen to see another boat sitting on an off the beaten path spot. In general, I try to let them be because right. they've they've found what I consider to be a bit of a hidden gem. So I'm trying to be a little respectful to the fact that 
it's their hidden gem as well. Right. And it can be both of ours long term if there's not a couple boats sitting on it. Cause right. Then, then maybe you're... Two boats makes a crowd. Yeah. That's an invitation for other people to buzz up on you. And... Right. That being said, I think everybody should be okay with having another boat around them. It's going to be very hard to fish a fishy spot without having another boat around. And you're not going to have that option anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then getting on board with what other folks are doing. Because I've been fishing slip hours a lot and I've been spot locking a lot, I, this is on on me right now. Like, I will only do that if I am the first one there. If mm-hmm. you're the first one there, I think it's free game Fair to game. fish it how you want. But if you get there and there's another boat or two, um, I pay attention to what they're doing, figure out how you can you can fish it in a similar way. Not okay to anchor or spot lock in the middle of a pole if people are pulling it. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the accesses. I'd be awfully courteous, of course, at the accesses. I would also tell you to be, like, wary of, if, like, watch the other people around the accesses. And if you're a little worried about their skill level or how things are going for them, the best and safest thing to do is to just hold off, like let them clear out. Mm-hmm. And I paid for this a little bit uh, the other day on on woman. I was coming off, and this guy was loading his boat, and he looked just a little wild, right? And uh, but the other side of the dock was open. That's typically my routine: is I pull onto the off side of the dock and pretty much beach the boat, and generally consider that to be a pretty safe space, even if somebody's coming in, you know coming into yeah and so he gets his boat in the water he says a few things that like set me off that he's sort of a wild wild cat and i walked up to the to my truck and as i was backing my truck in i looked back at his boat his boat he had not tied his boat off well and had swung around and was rubbing up against the back of my elbow and uh i don't know the guy he knew that it happened uh he got in his boat and took off didn't say anything to me which upset me quite a bit. I mean, little accidents at the dock happen, but he purposefully avoided uh, the conflict, right, or at least assessing it. Not a, not a big deal. Ended up not being a big deal. It rubbed a little bit on my outboard. I was able to get it off. But uh, in hindsight, I was like, I knew there was the potential because of watching his first few moves when he was trying to get his boat in the water. So if you're, if you're trying to take care of your gear... I'd tell you to just be patient and hold off if you can. And maybe don't fish alone. You know, have a partner. Yeah. That's not a luxury you have as a guide all the time. You know, you, we have to launch and load alone a lot. But uh, Another thing to be aware of is, like, for tubers and whatnot, um, try, if, you're in the, if you're doing the recreational thing, which absolutely do it this time of year, mm-hmm. this, this is... This is your time to shine. Yeah. Uh, if you are the one pulling a tube, try and stay away from the fishermen. I mean, yeah. there's a generally there's a ton of lake for people to do that on. Yep. I'd say stay away from the fishermen. Also, stay away from the launches. Like right. I've I've noticed this a couple times where the Girl Lake public access and the Woman Lake public access people are using the stretch right in front of the launch dock as their pull for their tubers and. Your your boats are getting are getting way more wave action, and there's just a lot of traffic there. You know, I don't think you want to have a out of an uncomfortable situation as it is. Yeah, yeah. I think the best you know you you want to catch some fish. You want people to be 
safe and happy at the end of the weekend, though. And I would I would say that anglers are far more experienced at like boat etiquette and uh, launching and loading than the recreational boaters. You know, are you saying the fishermen are the classy individuals of be. the of we the water world? We should be for sure, and I think it's on us to try to be play prevent on some of this stuff there's for sure if there's naive folks more of the naive folks are going to be in a in a wakeboard boat yeah. than, than uh, uh for sure if you're in like a wake boat please stay away from fishermen <laughs> some of those guys don't have very big boats you know or right. there's they're overloaded with a couple of giant humans yeah um i could see that just spelling disaster uh if a wake boat gets too close right um I was on Baby Lake one time, and a wake boat came by way too close, and I ended up getting water coming up over the side of my warrior. No way. Yes. So please be conscientious of that. I mean, you have every right to have fun, but just don't get me wet, <laughs> please. <laughs> and then everybody has their own approach to, um, like, obviously we want you coming to Full Stringer and to the one stop to to spend your money we'd hope you'd uh, hold off on your big tackle run till you're up here but i'd get in there early and yeah. and and do a big bulk shopping trip at at whichever store you're head, hitting make sure you've got life jackets too accidents happen right and they'll be i'm sure the water patrol will be out and about mm -hmm. so yeah we don't want anyone getting hurt nobody needs to get hurt Oh, Unless I see you on my walleye spot, <laughs> then you're then you're gonna get hurt. <laughs> um, that should be about it on Fourth of July. Yeah, have a good time. Be safe. Um, and we, I just got an email this morning that uh, our T-shirts shipped, so we'll hopefully have them in the next couple days. Maybe by the Fourth of July. Weekend. How is the ship gonna get here? I assume Lake Superior to start with, mm -hmm. and then uh, maybe the St. Louis River up to Rainy Lake, and then over to um, Badette, and then uh, got a buddy who has a one of those swamp boats. And he's mm, gonna, over the bog. Over the bog. Mm, fan boat. Yep. Well, it's got to be a rough run just with all the mosquitoes oh in the goodness. bog. Yeah. I bet he finds some good duck spots, though. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have uh, shirts soon. Maybe not by the weekend, but... It's worth uh, sending me or Will a message, and yeah. if we've got them, we'd be happy we to hook get you, you up. one. Yep. Hook you up big time. Um, then we've got a boat question. Came from, uh, yet again, the Algiers. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I forgot all about it last week, but I got it, I got it here today. Uh, I'll read the message exactly. So here's a boat question. My, boat, my brother Mitch has an 18.5-foot Alumacraft tiller that he loves. A boat popped up today for sale that's a 17-foot warrior fiberglass he's seriously debating on getting. Both boats are early to mid-90s, uh, year-wise. He fishes leech a lot. Is it worth getting a fiberglass boat that is a foot shorter? If, if you had both boats in front of me right now and said, which one do you want, I would point at the warrior. I'd point at the fiberglass boat. No, no doubt. No questions asked. Yeah. Um, I would... I would agree. I mean, I've owned a 17-foot Warrior. Yeah. Um, that was a fantastic boat. For sure. It's I watched you in some crazy, crazy stuff on Leech. Yeah. You were fine. Like, safety-wise, comfort-wise, obviously you were getting wet. I was but. a little uncomfortable, but uh, nobody's comfortable when it's that rough. Yeah. You're talking about Last Bonanza. Yeah. Uh, that was a very, 
big. Those were big. That was big, big water. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it handled it fine. Yeah. Um, it fished, and it fished really well, mm-hmm. uh, even in that really rough stuff. Um, and I don't think I would have fished that well out of an aluminum boat. Yeah. I, w- I don't even know if I would have been able to do it in an aluminum boat. But maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure. But Yeah, it, we should be upfront that we've both of us have been in fiberglass for all of our guide careers. Yeah, that we've owned. Right. But yeah. we've also fished out of other aluminum tiller boats. Yeah. Tiller boats. Yep. Even aluminum uh, council boats. Um, and the fishability is there. On a, like especially for fishing smaller lakes, mm-hmm. um, but for what we do on the big water, I, I think you're you're really at a disadvantage if you're not in a, a fiberglass boat. Yeah, I guess that's the best way I can put it. Right. Uh, if you can, if you can be in a fiberglass, you should be in a fiberglass. Right. If you're a Leech Lake angler. Yeah, I mean, but what we do on like Little Boy and Wabado and. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the little lake, Inguidona and all those lakes, sure, right. sure have an aluminum boat. I don't think there's a terrible draw to that other than you get blown around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But as far as comfort, safety, aluminum boats are just fine. For sure. Yep. But don't you want to go to Leech? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to if I want to, right. you know. It's nice to be able to fish them all. But Especially in the fall or in the spring. Yeah. With a west wind. <laughs> and don't you want to hold and like... Six foot of water and pitch in. It sounds great. And don't you want to mash on them? <laughs> the, it's funny for you. I think that the hotter the weather gets, the more excited you get about fall fishing. I just want to be cold. <laughs> I just want to be cold. Oh, it's a good feeling. Hands hurt. Boxes full of walleyes. All right. Uh, one more break, and then you're up for the Saw Guy series. Saw Guy series. Hey guys, Will and I want to give a shout out to Blue Collar Tackle. Uh, Gabriel Kuttner sent Will and I some custom painted jigs and some hand poured Lindy rig weights. If you're looking for something uh, besides what you can find in the retail stores, look them up on Facebook at Blue Collar Tackle. Thanks, Gabriel. All right, last segment uh, that we introduced this last week, we call it the Saw Guy series, and it's a chance for us to bring up um, some of the stupid stuff our fishing partners have done over the years. And I feel like if this is the first episode you're listening to, maybe you'd be like, well, these guys are just jerks. But most of our episodes are filled with the stories of us doing stupid stuff. So it's, we're, I feel like we do it enough to ourselves that some of our, our good friends, we can give them a little. Oh, you got to razz them a little bit. Yeah. Are they really your friends if you're not making fun of them a little bit? <laughs> right. Um. So you're up. Yeah, last week we did Matt Holmgren, mm-hmm. who was a guest on the show. Right. Uh, this week, uh, I'm I'm choosing to pick one of my buddies, my good friends, Eric Rutt. Also, he's been on the show. Also been on the podcast. Uh, so this actually happened a few weeks ago um, where we were out fishing. And, you know, it was a pretty nice day out. And all of a sudden, you know, you look to the, look to like the northwest and there's like a little clipper coming mm-hmm. i'm like hey look at that it looks like it could might that might rain on us says, oh no it's gonna miss us no 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 no, it's gonna miss us for sure <laughs> and we're like we keep fishing for another like five minutes and i was like are you sure it's gonna miss us oh oh yeah for sure it's gonna miss us it's gonna <laughs> slide right by us well about five minutes later uh 
it dumped <laughs> unbelievable amounts of water on us, and we're like, dude, we've got to go. So it starts raining, and that's when he decides that, yeah, maybe we should leave. You know, maybe we should go find some shelter, because, you know, of course, both of us left our rain gear in our pickups. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe we should, we should get going. So he starts driving, and it's to the point where, like, we're just following GPS and, like, trying to see any sort of shadow right you know like oh hopefully there's nobody trying to stick this out Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so it actually ended up turning out okay because we ended up going in and getting a pizza while it rained unbelievable amounts of water (laughs) there was like an inch of water in the bottom of the boat kind of rain for like 20 minutes like couldn't see the shore couldn't see anything yeah it it came down hard is that not winnie yeah but it's gonna miss us dan (laughs) oh don't worry it's gonna miss us. Was he just eyeballing it, or was he looking at his? Yeah, radar? he was doing both. He's like on his phone. He's looking at. Oh, it's gonna miss us for sure. Um, I was. I guess he should never be. He shouldn't be a weatherman. He's man. not a great directional guy either. You know, like he's not uh, north, south, east, and west get real confusing to him. So he <laughs> might have just had a hard time realizing if it was coming at him or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, n- weatherman is not an his job description <laughs> it's not going to be what it's not his forte <laughs> funny stuff yeah real funny stuff oh uh, we got to do a weekend preview real quick we hit on the fourth of july but if you were fishing what would you be doing um i'd be getting up early i'd be checking the mid lake stuff uh or you know the stuff that's near deep water um look for the new growth weeds and bring leeches and crawlers and pull it right over the top of them Good idea. How about you, Dan? I was thinking it would be a great opportunity to, if you're trying to keep everybody happy, maybe don't even think about doing a lot of fishing this weekend. Maybe do a lot of driving and looking this weekend because you can drive and look and have the family be pretty happy with you, right? Do the leisure boat thing. Going for a little pleasure boat ride and you happen to be looking at some new stuff. Might be a pretty good way to have a heck of a 4th of July weekend, keep your spouse or partner happy and... Um, learn some new some new spots, and they're, they're pro- there's a pretty good chance they're not going to bite even if you do find them. But they might be there next week, and they for sure they might bite, or maybe they're there all the time. Right. And I would love to have a day to just drive. All We've day. Talked about this. Oh yeah. Don't stop until we find that pot of fish we're looking for. Right. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Hey, Bree, I'd like to go for a boat ride. I want to look behind uh, behind Bear Island. I'd like to just drive for seven hours behind Bear Island. <laughs> I don't know if she'd like seven hours worth. but That might be what it takes, though. Yeah. There's a ton of water back there. Yeah, I'd be up early. Uh, I'd spend very little time doing the same thing on the same fish. Oh, yeah, you unless could, it's working. Yep. You can... I like a pass or two with a Lindy rig, a pass or two with a jig rab, pass or two, and then get out of there. I think I'd bring like a half pound of leeches. I'd buy a half pound of leeches. I'd buy like four dozen crawlers because, you know, a lot of people aren't up for two days. They're up for five days, yep. you know? Yeah. And one is going to work. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what is going to work for that 20 minutes yeah. until it changes. So I'd do both. I'd bring both, and then you don't have to come back to town again unless you, don't want, unless you want to, you know? Right. That's what I'd probably do. I consider myself a pretty good jig wrap fisherman. Yeah. But I fished with uh, a guy who had, like, 
quite the arsenal of hard body baits, like lots of shiver minnows, lots of jig wraps, and uh, he just ripped through his colors, and it made a big difference on a pretty slow day of fishing. Really? Yep, which made me wonder, you know, thinking about just changing presentations, maybe just changing hard body baits a lot it could lead to a lot of bites. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just something to think about. If, you know, you were going to go to the one-stop or full stringer and spend 50 bucks on hard body baits, maybe go there and spend 100 bucks. Yeah, good idea. More colors. More, more colors. sizes. More opportunity. <laughs> well, I think that's about it for this episode, huh? Yeah. I wonder if anybody spent the entire stimulus check on hard body baits. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dan, you dirty rascal. <laughs> Oh, you dirty rascal. Spend mine on a stupid lawnmower. Sorry. It's okay. Your, your lawn looks nice, though. I needed it. Um, all right. All good? All great. Happy 4th, everybody. Be safe. Be happy. Have fun. We'll see you next week.